You are listening to an exclusive on PodHub Network. Your city, your podcast. The delight of this crowd, McClendon marches down the dugout steps with first base. McCutcheon's throw, the runner breaks to the plate, here's the throw, wow. You are listening to the North Shore 9 Podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go, Bucks! Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Donardo's Dugout. I am your host, Anthony Donardo, and, um... It is a cold, brisk Tuesday morning, as it seems to be all the time anymore. Shout out to Pittsburgh and your 29-degree weather. Um, but yeah, welcome everybody. We're going to talk We're gonna talk baseball today. We're going to talk a little Cleveland Indians. We're going to talk a little Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, let's start out with uh, the winter meetings, though. What a dud. I was very hopeful. I don't know about you guys, but... I don't know. When the winter meeting started, with the Rays trading Iglesias, which of course was just a pure salary dump, but they traded Iglesias to the Angels. Lance Lynn gets traded to the Chicago White Sox. And the next day, the White Sox, they go out and inquire Adam Eaton. I thought we were off to something. You know, I was fearing that the winter meetings were going to be terrible this year just because of all the circumstances, just because that, you know, people, not just financial circumstances, but people, as far as general managers and all front offices won't truly be together in person at one spot, which also means, you know, all the agents won't be there as well. You're not going to have players who also seem to tout themselves around and try to get signed or whatnot. So, yeah, I definitely thought the winter meetings were going to be slower. But, you know, right off the bat, those transactions happen. I, I started getting hopeful. Maybe this will be more action this year. And unfortunately... That was it. <laughs> that ended the winter meetings. <sighs> so, obviously now, we're like two weeks away from Christmas. We know, you know, once Christmas hits, the holidays come up, you can pretty much cease any hope for, you know, baseball transactions then. So, it's like if, if nothing really happens, I would say within the next week, don't expect anything until after the new year. And honestly, the way it looks, I don't know if you're really going to see anything for the next week. You know, DJ LeMahieu and the Yankees seem to be 25 million years apart. 25 million years. $25 million, possibly years, um, apart in their negotiations. So I don't see that happening anytime soon. I don't know. I mean, yeah, David Dahl was signed. Hunter Renfro was signed yesterday. But two piratey type of moves that, especially David Dahl. You know, that I could have definitely got on board with. Didn't happen. Renfro goes to the Red Sox. Dahl goes to the Texas Rangers, which could be a really nice spot for him. Um, But yeah, let's, let's kind of get into it. So I guess since the winter meetings, the bigger news that really came out at, at that time, you know, it wasn't really player developed, but it was the Phillies. They finally seemed to have found their GM. They've been on the hunt for months. 
seems like everyone wants to turn them down. Um, God, I forget who it even was, but wasn't the guy out of the uh, the Dodgers system not too long ago who uh, they announced like his candidacy, like oh. He's available to be interviewed. The filler's like, all right, great. We're going to interview this guy. And it was like within six hours later that he dropped out. He's like, no, I'm good. <laughs> the, the Phillies, I mean, that's, that's a tough spot to be in. They're looking for a general manager. And what can they sell right now? Well, we did a rebuild. It didn't go quite as planned. You know, we, we haven't won. We haven't had a winning season. We got Bryce Harper here. You had JT Romuto here. You know, we got Aaron Nola here. You got a pretty decent Major League squad, but it just didn't work out for them. I mean, granted that you could say the East was competitive. I mean, you had the, I'm not saying they were great, but you had the Mets there. They're trying to compete. You've had the Nationals there. They've won a World Series. They've been competitive. You also have the Braves there. They're pretty damn competitive as well. So, I mean, it's not like they've had a cakewalk, um, but they, they made moves. They they rebuilt. They made moves. They made the splash. They got Bryce Harper. You would expect playoffs, right? Didn't happen, especially in this year where, God, everyone made the playoffs. But it didn't happen. So what do they have to sell to a GM? So again, the Major League roster clearly isn't what they expected. It's not that great. Due to the rebuild, they've lost quite a few prospects. Um, and then prospects just haven't panned out either, you know, to that part. And then they, they have their owner right now saying that they can't spend any money. They're, they're poor. They're broke. Okay. So you have a team that's kind of in the middle pirate fans. Do you recall that they're kind of in the middle? They're just not really good to, to go all in in a sense, but they're not bad. Like you don't really want to tear down this club. I mean, you've rebuilt it. You've come this far. Um, They're just kind of in that middle. So as a GM, what are your resources? Like, what's the appeal to come to Philadelphia? So if I come there and I want to build a contender, but you're telling me I don't have any money, and you're telling me I don't have any prospects to really will and deal with, I'm not going there. Like you're setting me up. You're coming there to set me up to get fired in three years because this team is at least where they're still at or worse off, you know, or, or already starting to rebuild or such. And you're going towards another GM to, to start moving forward with that. So, yeah, I mean, I know we've joked about on here before. I mean, there's only 30 of these jobs. Everyone covets these jobs. And it's true, but this is a weird year. This is a weird time in baseball. And yeah, it might just kind of be safe to chill where you're at right now. I and mean, if you're in the Dodgers organization, you know what? I'll take, I'll sit this one out. Let me sit here. Let's, let's things marinate. You know, if I'm wanted now, I'll be wanted again. Maybe a better job will come up and I'll go get that. So, you know, they've been turned down right and left. Word comes out that, Dave Dombrowski is interested, which apparently, I mean, he wasn't initially. They reached out to him early in the process. He said no. Um, he was all on board with, you know, trying to get Nashville more or less into MLB, right? MLB 
pretty much came to him and said, this ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen for at least a few years. And with that said, I guess interest rekindled. Um, you know, obviously he knows that's not really a possibility in the next few years. So why not go to work? What you're going to give me four years, $20 million, basically to come out of retirement. Yeah. I'll do it. So that's kind of how I look at this too. I mean, it's Dave Dombrowski. He doesn't need to make a name for himself. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't need to, honestly, to put it this way, hit. He doesn't need to be successful here to look out for his future career. I mean, I think in his mind, he was done as a GM. His focus was on Nashville and the sorts. And, you know, with that being postponed, he said, again, why not go to work? Why not make $20 million right now with the Philadelphia Phillies? He could be a total disaster. And I just feel like it wouldn't even matter to him because, all right, well, you know, I tried. I tried to do what I could do with this club. It didn't work out. Let me go focus on Nashville again. So he's going to Philadelphia to be their GM. I find this to be a very, very, very strange fit. All the things that I just mentioned, all right? We just said how this club, the owners come out and, and just cried poor. He lost his first report for $2 billion, which I thought was hilarious. Apparently, that was a typo. So, okay, it wasn't $2 billion. Uh, but they've lost all kinds of money. They can't keep real Muto because they don't have enough money. You know, they, they've got to shed salary because they don't have enough money. Dave Dombrowski, he has, he has no money to work with. Uh, okay, fine. So what prospects does he have to work with? Well, as I just mentioned, not too many. Look at the top 100 prospect list. If you go as far as MLB Pipeline, they got Bryson Stott up there and Mick Abel. Number 82 and number 84. That's it. Now, technically speaking, okay, technically speaking, they have Spencer Howard there, who was the number 28 prospect. Um, I mean, he made his MLB debut last year. Wasn't wasn't pretty. I think it was... uh, it's like a five ERA. Let me look it up. So he had 24 innings pitched. In 24 innings, he had 30 hits, six home runs, 10 walks, 23 Ks with a 5.92 ERA. So it wasn't pretty. I mean, that was the first taste of the big leagues. I'm not going to hold it against him. Um, but, I mean, he's he's a major leaguer. He's on that roster right now. Like he and Alec Bohm, obviously. Like they're on the roster right now. Two decent prospects, but they're tied to MLB. They were part of the team last year as well. It didn't succeed. Uh, so when you really look at the prospect list now, Scott and Abel. It's not pretty. It's not pretty. Dave Dombrowski has been known to turn teams around. And he has. I think, for some reason, I think he gets a little too much hate. I mean, the guy, he gets it done. Yes, he's notorious, and I think everyone likes to point out, sure, but when he leaves your club, it's going to be in shambles. I I mean, uh, okay, maybe that's a little too unfair. Let's go back to Dave Dombrowski's career. So, sure, he started out with, you know, the White Sox, Expos. His first real gig was the Marlins. He goes to Miami, at that time the Florida Marlins. Um, They weren't good. He goes over there, hires Jim Leland, <laughs> which also is what you do in Detroit later. Hires Jim Leland. I mean, they won a World Series. He 
it, it was unconventional. I mean, I'll give him credit. He put the club together to win the World Series there. But, like, the teardown wasn't his fault. It was really ownership. What ownership wanted, basically, they said, let's go it. Let's go all in this year. Do whatever you need to do. Get a World Series. You, they go and sign and trade. They, they get everybody. They won a World Series. And then the owner says, well, I mean, I can't afford these people. So we're going to have a fire sale, which the Marlins do once again after their second World Series, if you recall. Uh, different owner, though. But regardless, like I can't put that on Dombrowski. It wasn't his fault that the ownership couldn't afford these players. You know, could, couldn't go that, couldn't keep them. So, yeah, like the, the Marlins were in shambles right after the World Series, but that, again, was more of an ownership thing. The Marlins, of course, don't succeed. They're not good. And then he gets let go. So what happens? Detroit comes calling. The Detroit Tigers, who haven't made the World Series, or haven't made the playoffs in, I think, what, 14 years at that time? Uh, maybe not that time, but I guess maybe 11 years at that time. Weren't, weren't good. Put it that way. Very easy. They were not good. He goes to Detroit. This is a rebuilding club, too. Okay? So also the thing, like, you know, he, he can't, he's there, he's the closer. I mean, he rebuilt the Tigers. Like, he saw that through. He goes over there, he rebuilds the club. Again, went from a very bad team. This is a squad. I mean, let's all go back and think. It's almost criminal that those Detroit Tigers did not win a World Series. Think about it. For all you fantasy players out there, right? Who didn't want someone on the Detroit Tigers? Who didn't want the number nine hitter for the Detroit Tigers in those times? Dombrowski saw that through. And it's not as if he went there, spent four years rebuilding, got a good club, had three years of success, and then was left in shambles and bailed out. I mean, that was sustained success for the Tigers. And yeah, I get that. There's a good payroll there that helps. But he did it. What was it? Four? Four ADLSs? Couple World Series appearances. Yeah, they got swept by the uh, the Giants. But um, here it is. My bad. So yeah, so four AL Central Division titles, four ALCS appearances, two pennants in six and twelve, right? And obviously, as mentioned, no World Series. But, I mean, again, he built out that club. He turned that around. There was sustained, sustained success there. Was it left in shambles afterwards? I mean, you could say so, yeah. Maybe, again, I mean, he, he paid a lot of money for a lot of players. And, and they're still hurting today. I mean, think about it. He hasn't been with the Red Sox. I'm sorry, with the... Uh, the Tigers since 2015. Torkelson, the number one overall, overall pick in the 2020 draft this year, Detroit Tigers. It's five years still. They're, they're feeling this. So I get it. I mean, he, he had money to spend there in Detroit. He spent it. And now, you know, all the contracts have gone sour. And it's a long rebuild process for them. A very, very long one. 
So is that to blame for Dombrowski? Yeah. But I don't know. If you talk to a lot of Tigers fans, are they okay with that trade-off? I mean, again, yes, they would have rather won a World Series. You can't put that on him. He'd give them every opportunity to succeed and do that. So I can't really put the, the blame on Dombrowski that they don't have a World Series. But would you sign up to have that much success for your club for that long of a period of time? I think so. The trade-off to be this type of rebuild right now? Probably. I think most Pirate fans would say, yeah. So, again, it's not as if, like, Dombrowski's some bum. You know, he just went in there and just threw out all the resources and said, here, here's three years. Let's go. <clears throat> but he does go over to the Red Sox next. That's a little more of this. You know, he goes to the Red Sox. We know they have money to spend. They had a really, really good farm system. Um, but, yeah, Dombrowski goes over there. I think some notorious moves, he goes and signs David Price to that big contract. Goes and trades for Chris Sale. Pretty big prospect package. Also goes and trades for Craig Kimball. Another big prospect package. Um, They do win a World Series. The Red Sox. So, I mean, it's not as if they were starving for success, you know, like the Tigers in the sense. But he does get it done. He gets a World Series. You could say that club was definitely left in shambles. I mean, where's David Price right now? After that contract, which... God, again, you want to talk about team crying money, whatever. The, the Red Sox are we're in shambles. They got to get up under the luxury tax. You know, this past year, they, they can't afford Mookie bets. We can't even discuss that. Um, David Price's contract, I mean, he he wasn't performing well. Craig Kimball wasn't performing well. Chris Sale, more injuries. But, I mean, there's been injuries and performance issues the past few years. And now it's like, eh. Is he going to be the player he was or they thought he was going to be in the future? So, I mean, all three of those moves really didn't pan out for the long term. It wasn't as if they were able to keep the sustained success there. So he goes in the Red Sox in 2015. They go in there a few years. They win a World Series. And then he's gone September 9th, 2019. Basically about a year ago. He gets the boot. So I think he gets... Too much hate in that sense, you know, leaving the team in shambles or whatever. I think that's more of just a Red Sox thing. Um, <clears throat> but again, what he does is he, he's he's not afraid to use prospects. He's not afraid to sign people. And he doesn't have that capability here in Philadelphia. Like he's going to have to do not a full rebuild. They're not, they're retooling, but he's going to have to do that with really no resources. To me, like, this isn't the typical bring in Dombrowski here, get it done. You have to get real creative with this club. You're going to have to to make it good. Again, like this, they're, they're potentially, which I'm going to chuck it up and say they're losing Real Muto this year. They're losing Real Muto. So, I mean, they essentially have the same squad they've had for the past few years. What's going to be different? You can't add anything by signing someone, really. You can't add anything by trading people, really. So you have to get creative. And, and again, that's where like these, in a sense, these analytical minds come in. Let's, let's find value here, value there that's not being looked into and such. I don't, he's, like Dombrowski's not really that type of guy. That would have made more sense if they found some young, fresh face here. Okay, he's going to look at this differently. He's going to find some ways to pick this team apart, get creative, and make them a winner. 
that's not really Dombrowski. So again, like with this hiring, I just feel like, as I talked about at the beginning, there wasn't much appeal to it. And the Phillies were left basically with just who was left? Who's left? Well, Dombrowski's on the phone. Fine. Fine. I guess we got to hire him. And, and that's where they're at. And it sucks. And he's four year, $20 million he's getting to do this. Good for him. Good for Dave Dombrowski. But I just don't feel like this is going to be the answer for the Phillies. And as we talk, and not on the same level by any means, but we talk about, you know, like the Angels not finding ways to succeed with, you know, Mike Trout on the squad right now. That contract now for Bryce Harper, the Phillies, I mean, that's just looking awful because it, they haven't done anything with it yet. And I'm not so sure the next four years they really are either. And that's taking, what, six years, uh, that contract in Bryce Harper's prime that you didn't do anything with? So what a failure by the Phillies. This, this rebuild, what a failure. Anyways, so yeah, Dave Dombrowski to the Phillies. All right, next let's talk a little Indians. <clears throat> so it was announced a few nights ago that the Indians are going to change their name. Um, pretty big news, just, just dropped out of nowhere, you know, or it seemed as if the Washington Redskins had a lot of pressure on them. Um there wasn't the same amount of pressure, I'll say, as the Redskins was. And they, again, like this kind of just came out of nowhere. It wasn't as if they were ta- this. This has been the conversation on ESPN every single day for the past three weeks, right? This kind of just came out of nowhere. They said they're going to change their name. Um, now it was more revealed that you know it will happen. They are going to go through 2021 season with the name of the Cleveland Indians, and then after that, it's going to be officially announced. So I guess like the difference is Washington said kind of the same thing like they're changing it it's not going to be this year it's going to be the next year but they dropped the Redskins name altogether just as their filler said we're, we're the football team <laughs> the most generic name you can get they're the Washington football team the Indians did a different route they said we're going to change our name as well next year but they didn't drop the Indians now apparently they're saying we're going to change it but it's still okay enough for this upcoming season um listen I, I don't know the nuances Sure, there's business, financial, all kinds of reasons for it, whatever. Okay, regardless, just drop it there. They're going to change the name. I'm okay with this. I think it's a good move. But like anything, especially in 2020, there's all kinds of outrage from everything. So I want to talk about this a little bit. I don't really go, this is what sucks to have to go this route. I don't really go political. I don't really, I try to stay out of stuff. You know, we're the North Shore Nine. It's, it's sad enough we have to talk about pirates, right? It's bad enough you have to listen to me and Jim and Tyler to talk and hear about pirates to ruin your days, right? So I'm not going to throw in politics and here's my beliefs and all that for you. Uh, definitely try to stay out of this. But like anything these days, it seems that they have to be tied into a political way. <sighs> Let me start off on preferences as well. If you want a little peek behind the curtains about my political views, 
Okay, because and the reason I the only reason I'm saying this is this can of course go into to coin the terms, right? Oh, Donardo's a radical leftist, right? A, r- a radical liberal. All these radical liberals ruining things. If you want to know about political views, just a bit, just a peek. I hate all sides of politics. I think the two-party system causes more divisiveness than it does bringing ideologies together, thinking differently, and moving forward. So, honestly, if you think I'm any side, I hate that person that you think I am, <laughs> for the most part. I also think that most of us are more that we have much more in common than we think. Like, like in my mind, seventy five percent of the population is pretty much the same thing. Yeah, we have a little bit different viewpoints, but we're all cool. And then, like twenty percent of the population just leans a little bit differently. You know, they're more strong into their values. And then, like you have the other five percent are just extremes. And it's the five percent that really gets highlighted, just like in everything. You know, like. Like when you see that one video that's going viral, that's, that's one person. But we want to label that and identify that to those people, those types of people, right? Well, the left or the right or the, the Nunnings wallets or the apologists or whatever. And it's, it's, that one, it's that 5% extreme that gets highlighted and gets labeled an entire entity. So before you go forward, I probably think much more like you if you want to hate on me for this. But what bothers me with this and I'll put this out there. The Indians released a statement last night. All right. And I'll read it to you. And it's up on the screen here if you're watching the stream. So the Cleveland Indians today announced our decision to begin the process of changing from our team name Indians. Since July, we have conducted an extensive process to learn how our team name affected different constituents uh, and whether it aligned with our organizational values. As a result of the process, we have decided to move forward with changing the current team name and determining a new non-Native American. Now, mind you, I'm going to say that again. Non-Native American base name for the franchise. We believe our organization is at its best when we can unify our community and bring people together. And we believe a new name will allow us to do that more fully. Team owner and chairman Paul Dolan said, Hearing firsthand the stories and experiences of Native American people, we gained a deep understanding of how tribal communities feel about the team name and the detrimental effects it has on them. We also speak to local civic leaders who represent diverse populations in our city and who highlighted the negative impact our team name has had on our our broader population and on underrepresented groups across our community. I am truly grateful for their engagement and input, which I found enlightening and insightful. When a sports team is aligned with its community, it unlocks the ability to unite people from different backgrounds and brings people together in support of their home team. While Indians will always be part of our history, it is time to move forward and work to unify our stakeholders and fans through a new name. So let's take that in. So, let's not be blind and say, we haven't heard for many years. We haven't seen people outside the ballpark, you know, protesting, picketing. We haven't seen articles about people being upset and offended and not liking this name. Okay? 
Let's also think about this. And that's why I said uh, I'm going to pause and say this again. The team name is called the Indians. Do we even use and coin and discuss people with the use of the term Indian? Right? When's the last time you said, well, the Indians? They're called Native Americans. Right? And why are they called Native Americans? Well, because they were tired of being called Indians for how long? Because it's kind of racist to them. It's kind of, it kind of, it offends, you know, many of them. So we as a society have dropped the name Indian because it's detrimental to them. You know, they, they don't like it. And we call them Native Americans. You know, and, and that's something even uh, just as a personal experience. Growing up, I have cousins who were Inuit. And growing up, like, I'm not saying, I'm not saying this is a derogatory name. I'm not even so sure what. But it's like I never call them, I never refer to them as, you know, Eskimo. And it's not like as a kid, like you learn, you know, Eskimos live in igloos and, you know, they're up there by the North Pole and Santa stuff. But like I never even, I never referred to them as, even as a kid, like Eskimo, I always referred to them as Inuit. You know, that's that's what they were. And it's like the same concept here. It's like, why we don't refer to them as Indians, we refer to them as Native Americans. And there's a reason for that. And this team name is called Indians. So we as a society have moved past the term Indians because we understand what it means. But we're going to keep our sports team name still the Indians. It's like, well, what are you doing here? Are you listening to us or not? And I just feel like there's too much outrage for the fact that there is a baseball team. There is a, a business, a corporation, a baseball team that has taken the time to listen, as they say, which I'll get into those a little bit later too. But they, they apparently have taken the time to listen. They, they heard the other side and they found, you know what, maybe it's time to move forward. Like, and like I said, we can't change the past. It's still history. We're not erasing history. You know, this isn't can- the other thing too. Cancel culture. This isn't cancel culture. All right, you want to talk about cancel culture? The Indians aren't shutting down. We're not canceling the Indians. Cleveland's not no longer going to have a baseball team. They're changing a name. They're progressing. They're moving forward. This whole thing about well, the leftists and cancel culture is winning again. We're not canceling the Indians. They're still there. Trust me. I hate cancel culture. Like I said, I'm more like you than you think with me talking about this. Cancel culture is dumb. I, 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 I hate the fact that someone has to succeed and then we all go back to find out what they did in the past on Twitter or whatever it is. Oh, he said this. He said that. People can change. People can progress. Cancel culture is going back and seeing what they did before as a different person. Most likely, and saying, Oh, well, look, you said this once, you're fired. What the Indians were doing, they didn't say Indians once and have now been different. They've been saying Indians over and over and over and over and over and over again. And over and over and over and over and over again, these people come out and said, We don't like this. So they said, We're going to change our name. That's it. Okay, we'll change our name. They're not being canceled. So, like, 
the thing too with this, the, the Dolans, I mean, they're not great people, but I'm not going to say they're, they're trash. Let's go back to the Redskins. Well, the Redskins changed their name. Now, you could say that, and I, I would probably agree with you here. I mean, two things, you know how I love to say two things can be true. Two things can be true with the Redskins. It could have been time to change their name, which they did. Because, again, another term, Redskins. People find very offensive of that culture. Redskins. They go and change their name. It was time. But do I truly feel it was done because it was the right thing? No. As we know with Dan Snyder, I said the Dolans, I mean, they may not be the greatest people, but I don't think they're scum. They're not the Ricketts who have had emails leaked. Dan Snyder, we're finding out, I mean, that's a pretty trash organization. Some pretty trash people there. Um, It was probably done just because they felt they could capitalize on it. It's a good business move in this time and day. It's not so much that they felt remorse. They felt that we should change our name. It was more in my mind that it's going to be good for us. We're going to look good, right? You can put us on a pedestal for doing the right thing. With the Indians, again, I I don't know the true motive. I'm sure there's also business tied to this, but maybe there's more sincerity to them in this move than Dan Snyder's Washington football team's club. Um, but I just don't, I don't get it. Like, it's going to change your name. The Washington Bullets. Do you remember the Washington Bullets, everyone? All of you that are crying outrage right now, do you remember the Washington Bullets? The owner at that time wasn't comfortable with the name. Homicide was up in D.C. Of course, that's the time when school short shootings were really starting to take him in Columbine and whatnot. You know, so... He wasn't comfortable with the name Bullets in his team, and he changed it to the Wizards. We're 20 years past that now. Number one, does anyone care that they're now the Washington Wizards? And this is before all cancel culture and you know everything that's going on right now with the woke movement or whatnot. You know, this was way before that. How many of you outraged at the Bullets change to the Wizards? How many of you truly cared? Now that we're past that, does it change anything? Do you truly care? Is it really a problem? They were called the Bullets, now they're the Wizards. It's the same organization. Unfortunately, it's still pretty much the same bad organization, but it's still the same organization. Nothing's really changed. The Indians aren't going to be the Indians anymore. They're going to be something else. You know what's going to happen? We're all going to move forward. 20 years from now, does anyone really care? Does it really change anything for you? Like, if the name is what's really going to change, I'm not here to say, like, who's a good fan, who's not a good fan. I'm just saying, like, if that's, that's the only thing that's tying you down, I, I guess I just don't get that. This is an entertainment business. They're here to entertain you. And for a group of people, it was not too entertaining to them to find this name being used, and granted, that logo, although it hasn't really been used in the past few years often at all, but this, that logo being used to identify them with. So, I don't understand like, this whole, we're trying to go into cancel culture. We're just trying to be progressive and just move forward. Why, why have a name that does that? I understand you're not going to appease everyone and whatnot, but like, why do that? 
time and time again, you have people that are coming to you and saying what this does to them, how they feel about this, and you've ignored time and time again. Like, why not move forward? All they're doing is changing the name. Still going to be the same Indians. They're still going to be bad. They're still trading Lindor. Like, there's less outrage that Francisco Lindor is going to be traded this year than there is that the team name is going to be different. So, this is probably the most you're going to hear from me on here to get, again, political, because this is turned political now on this show. But it's just something I really need to get off my chest and talk about today. Because I just, again, I, I, I don't get it. I'm on board with this. They should do it. Again, especially the Redskins and the Indians. Think about those two names, those terms. I know there's also pressure on the Braves. And there's also pressure on the Chiefs. But when you really get down to it, we're talking about the name Indians, which again, the people are Native Americans, and the name Redskins. So yes, I'm on board with those two names changing. Now let's talk about what they're going to change it to. And that's apparently what we're going to find out next because I'm sure it will be. I mean, we're talking about Cleveland, so I'm not planning on them choosing the correct name. Um, I'm sure it's going to be dumb, and I'm ready for it. So until then, we'll be back tomorrow. Jim and I will be on Starbucks, um, and then we'll have our normal NS9 Live show this Thursday. So until then, we'll talk to you all later. Bye-bye.